Hi, and welcome to the first ever edition of the Print Spaces podcast, Sell Out. If you're an artist, and I'm guessing you would like to dedicate 100% of your time to creating work and to be able to fund the production of your work to reach your full potential, we are going to take a tour of the skills and ideas out there to reach and grow your audience and shock horror to make money from your creativity. When I got to the telescope industry, I somehow ended up in marketing. And so <laughs> uh, that really opened my eyes to what people's habits are. And one of the biggest things that I learned is that somebody needs to see your work 25 to 30 times before they decide to make a purchase. That's Ian Laura. Ian is not only a highly accomplished and renowned astrophotographer, he is also a deep thinker on the subjects of marketing, social media, print sales, and how to grow a creative career. It was a fascinating talk, helped by the fact that Ian is an incredibly inspiring speaker. I hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, please subscribe and share. It's really great to be here today with Ian Lara, who's an astrophotographer and also someone we know at the Print Space for quite a few years and who has insights to give in terms of marketing and art sales. Ian, I'd just like to start by asking you, could you just give us a little history of how you came to be an astrophotographer? Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, probably like most people, as a kid, you have some kind of general interest in in outer space, right? Whether it's the planets or uh, big scientific terms, you're like, oh, black holes, whoa, what is that? That's cool. But I actually never really, really got into astronomy until after I went to high school. And I, <laughs> it's, it's actually pretty funny because when I was in high school, I took a photography class, right? And I actually failed it, which is hilarious now because now I'm a photographer. But that class, I mean, I, I really didn't, wasn't paying attention. I wasn't very focused. I was more focused on playing, you know, American football uh, for for, <laughs> for my high school than, than, than grades and things like that. And I remember the very last day of class, the teacher was telling me I was failing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I can't fail this class, right? I, I have to pass. And so I, I begged the teacher, like, I will do anything to pass this class, literally anything. And so she, she kind of sat there for a minute and thought about it. And she looked at me and she handed me uh, a sponge and told me to go scrub the dark room. And so I spent two hours cleaning every inch of that dark room. And uh, when I got my report card, I got a uh, C minus, which is <laughs> passing. And I was like, Oh, yes, perfect. So uh, I thought that was the end of my photography career <laughs> and uh, never picked up a camera for probably 15 years or something like that afterwards. But anyways, I went to university and studied astrophysics because you know, I was just super interested in space and I loved the feeling of being under the night sky and the stars. And I would watch a lot of documentaries on television where like they would have those cool time lapses of, you know, the stars moving behind observatories and things like that. And I thought it was so cool. And, um, you know, astrophysics, while it's it was very challenging and it was awesome learning about space and the physics behind it, it still didn't satisfy that creative side. And I, I realized I loved being at the telescope more than I did 
uh, doing research. And when I graduated college or university, I went on to work in the telescope industry. And that's when I realized that it wasn't the, the Hubble telescope or these, you know, million dollar observatories that were taking these incredible images of deep space, but it was just people like you and I with the right equipment and the right ways to process images that were taking these incredible images of deep space, of nebulas, of galaxies. And so that was my entry into astrophotography was uh, the deep space aspect of it. And as I got more into photographing deep space and galaxies and star clusters and things like that, I realized that I really, really, really loved the Milky Way photography stuff and the nightscape photography. And so after doing deep space where you have these huge telescopes and big astronomical cameras and filters and massive telescope mounts that track the stars and, and objects as they move across the night sky, I scaled down and got a, a Fujifilm camera and it was so different than what I was used to. It was just a Fujifilm camera, a tripod and a wide lens. And all you do is take a 20 second photo and boom, you got a photo of the Milky Way. And I was like, whoa, it's it's this easy. I can't believe this. This is this is crazy. And the rest was history. I started, you know, hiking out into <laughs> into the wilderness, you know, doing the whole adventure photographer thing and going out, finding places to best shoot the Milky Way, doing uh, what we call chasing the Milky Way you know, getting the best weather, best conditions, best foregrounds for these blue hour blends or just single shot Milky Way photos. So I kind of took the uh, the untraditional path where most people, they start with photography, wide field shooting the Milky Way, and then they might work their way up to shooting deep space with a tracker or something like that. I went the opposite direction. I had the big, huge observatory level equipment and I <laughs> started getting smaller and smaller gear until I ended up with like a Fujifilm camera shooting the Milky Way. And yeah, here I am today shooting the Milky Way all the time. And I still do deep space, but yeah, I just, I love it all, man. So is it kind of for you, you know, from the creative side, is it the kind of framing of the Milky Way around the sort of natural world and, 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 and that kind of thing that, that interests you? I think for me, it's really the, I try to convey the feeling of being in that moment under the night sky, because what really drew me into astronomy to begin with was a trip out to Death Valley National Park in California. And I was 19 years old, I believe. And that was the first time that I saw the night sky in a truly dark place where, it, I mean, it's an overwhelming amount of stars. And since then, I've always tried to capture that same feeling through these these Milky Way photos of, you know, what is it like to feel that? And I, I want to convey that feeling of just the immense beauty of the universe, right? I, I want to put you in that spot. And so like, with my photos, I want to represent that I want to put you in that position of being there under the night sky feeling how incredibly beautiful and, and, and awesome the universe in the night sky is because for me that was such a life changing moment. And I want to be able to share that with people. And so I really try to do that with my Milky Way photos. So in terms of when you actually sell prints of your work, do you find then to sort of give people that sense of being under the night sky, that people would tend to select a bigger print to, to sort of have that immersive feeling to it. Yeah, 
That's a good question. Um, really what I did was I looked at what are some common frame sizes that you could purchase, right? And I just selected three, um, really no rhyme or reason other than some people will want something smaller because it, you know, they have a small space. Something will want maybe like a standard, uh, I call it a, you know, it's like a 16 by 20 inch print um, to get that like bit bigger feeling, but not like taking up the whole wall. And then I do the large size for the people who just want that huge mm -hmm. image of, you know, the Milky Way or, or a nebula or a galaxy on their wall or something like that. Um, and so I, I selected just three options, especially to, to give people um, that they, they have a choice, but it's not too many options, right? You don't get overwhelmed with, oh, you know, uh, do I pick a five by seven? Do I pick an eight by 10? Do I pick, you know, there's too many options. And sometimes if there's too many options, people kind of start to forget that they wanted it because they're too focused on picking what size. And then, you know, they like, oh, you know what, I'll go measure it later. And then they might forget about wanting to buy a print or something like that. Versus if you just give them here, are the three options, it makes them makes it easier for them to select a size. And so that that was really the the, the idea behind the, the sizes that I chose is just to make it easy for someone to make a decision to purchase. So when did you first realize that you could start selling prints of your work? Honestly, it was social media. I was never a big social media person, um, but I was encouraged to uh, start posting my work and becoming more at, become more active on social media from my partner, Kat. Uh, Machen, who's an incredible artist as well, uh, because she's like, look, I guarantee you people want to see it. And so I became more active on social media, almost doing like that whole, you know, I'm an influencer kind of thing, just like posting all the time, giving people updates of where I am. Um, but it, it was more from a place of you know, people were actually interested in what it's like to go out and take these kinds of photos. And so I brought those people on the journey to take these photos. And every time I would post uh, a result as a photo or, you know, a, a TikTok video. Um, anytime I would post something on Twitter, I would get a load of people asking me like, hey, do you sell prints? Mm. Is this a print? Where can I buy this? And that started to plant the seed in my mind that people want this stuff and people want the universe and the stars in their homes. And the biggest connection for me was it's not just that people want this cool print in their house it's that they're missing the stars in their life and these prints these images of space can bring the stars back into their life because a lot of people most of the human population lives in light pollution and so they can't see the stars as you know i saw them when i was 19 years old uh, out in death valley and so i wanted to bring that to them and by being able to convey that message and say like look these these prints bring the stars back in your life. I feel like that really connected with people and just gave them an, an another another push to be like, yeah, you know what? I, I do want the stars in my life. I don't get to see them every day. And so that really, really helped. That kind of messaging helped me, I guess, <laughs> get more people interested in wanting these prints. On social media, you can, you can reach a wide range of people. Do you find that these are people who are from the astronomy community or the people who discovered you through the algorithm? I would say it's a good mix of both. A lot of the astronomy people, they're just astronomy fans, right? They just like space or they like sci-fi. You know, they're Star Wars fans or Star Trek or 
you know, they like anything sci-fi related. They like reading Dune or playing Warhammer, you know, just anything that's like sci-fi um, and anything that has to do with space. And then there's the other half, which is they've never seen this type of photography done before and it resonated with them, right? Or maybe they, they you know, they, they love photography and just for whatever reason, this type resonated with them. And then there's also other photographers who are just like, this is so cool. I love what you're doing. I want to support you. So there's a, a wide range of people that were, were interested in getting these prints. And, and do you find that, that, that they're requesting a certain type of, of, of image of yours? Or are they receptive when you try to do different stuff and you, you, you try and construct the images in a slightly different way? Or, or, or are they kind of looking for a particular style that you do? Yeah. So obviously I focus mostly on astrophotography, but that covers a wide range of types of photography within deep space alone there's many different types of photography you can do right you can shoot uh, galaxies you can shoot nebula star clusters and things like that um, there's things like lunar photography where you just shoot the moon in different ways and then there's the the milky way photos right the that you can combine with with landscapes and things like that and so it's when when i first start selling and I do these pop-up stores, right, where I only make prints available for a very short amount of time. And I always play this game with with myself. And I'm like, I guess, which one is the type of image? Like, which one of these prints, let's say I'm selling eight in this pop-up store, which one is going to be the most popular? And I guess, right, I'm like, I think it's going to be this one. And I'm always surprised. Once the, the, the print store is over, you know, I check Shopify statistics and see which one was the top seller. My first store was, it, they all loved the, like, pink deep space photos like yeah. pinks and blues and purples and it was like the orion nebula and people loved that one uh and then you know this other print store that i did it was uh, a milky way photo over haleakala crater in in maui and for me i was like well people like the deep space one so i included a couple more deep space ones in in the second store and then all of a sudden it was the milky way one that people like so it's it's just hard to 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 really say like which one people love so i just play that game i like guessing and then checking the numbers afterwards <laughs> do you get it right generally or, or or do you kind of get to know what you're following like or should you just try and tune that out and 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 just make the work that you want to make i generally try to it's uh i i, I kind of do like an 80 20 rule where it's like 80%, I'll look at the the numbers and be like, what was the most popular? And then I'll start to trend towards that. But then the, there's the other 20% that I reserve for just like gut feeling of like, you know, maybe I have an image that doesn't fit with, you know, what the numbers are saying, but I feel like, you know what, this one I think will do really well. And so I'll throw, throw one in there uh, as well. So uh, usually I, I look at the statistics and the numbers to help guide my decisions, but I still hold that 20% for just intuition and, and, and gut feeling. So I'm not 100% only by the numbers, right? And I'm not only 100% intuition, right? I, I, I tend to be more, I guess, data driven. And that's probably the uh, astrophotography, you know, maths side of me, but I still want that room for, for some gut feeling intuition uh, in there. In general, 
it sounds like the print sales for you just kind of evolved naturally and it evolved from a passion in what you were doing and and a passion in what you were following but how important is is it for you to sell prints you know what's your motivation for doing it yeah so actually (laughs) i actually started selling prints because i wanted to pursue astrophotography full-time and i didn't really know any other way other than to just sell these prints and then see if i could get some like you know brand deals and things like that um but i actually left my job back in 2020 to pursue astrophotography full-time with the intent of well i have to find some source of income and these print sales will help support my new lifestyle which is just traveling around taking photos uh using telescope equipment to to photograph the night sky and so in that very early early stage it was extremely important for me to be able to to have some success with these print sales and i was honest with the 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 followers that i had i told them like i'm i'm doing this i'm taking this leap of faith to see if this works your support really helps me bring the stars into your life. And one of the ways that you can support me in doing that is by getting these prints. You know, every print that you purchase from me helps me continue to bring all types of content around the stars and the universe and the night sky into your life, whether it's through social media, through talks, through these prints. Um, And really, really important to me was the email list that I gathered, because those are the people who, who want to continue to follow your journey and and see what you're doing. And the print sales eventually evolved into doing workshops, because people really wanted to learn how to take these photos. And most of my, my students from these workshops also have prints of mine. And I found that very surprising, right? Because a lot of time you're like, oh, photographers, they just, you know, they want to just learn how to do it on their own. But they weren't just photographers. They were people who supported what I was doing. And it was, I mean, that was such, that was such a beautiful thing to see, you know, talking to them and they're like, oh, we love what you do. And I have like three of your prints and I bought a camera because of you. And now you're doing these workshops and I, I want to learn from you. And so it's incredible to see how it evolves from, you know, just being, okay, I need to sell prints so I can just just keep doing this and just keep going and keep taking photos and, you know, get the support from the, the community and, and the people that follow me to now they're becoming, I guess the, the best word would be like a, a super fan, right? Mm, um, yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's amazing. It's beautiful. And I, I feel very, very grateful for, for, for that opportunity. You touched on something there about honesty. And, you know, one of the things that from talking to a lot of people who have built social media followings that are very uh, engaged in what they're doing, that they're really putting across a very honest picture of themselves, which goes contrary to what the perception is of social media. Would you say that's fair to say that you feel the best way to grow genuine engaged following is really put your personality out there? Of course, like you don't want to be stale, right? You don't want to be just another face, little 
icon on a social media platform. Like you want to show people who you are because you will attract the people who like your personality and like what you do. There's, there's no need to, to, I guess, you know, as social media, it's like being fake, right? You don't want to be this fake person. Like people, there's no one else in the world like you. So why not use that to your advantage? right be yourself right be it's such a like cliche every time i hear it i'm like oh yeah right be yourself but it's it's a cliche for a reason right it's so true like there's no one else like you in the world so use that to your advantage and uh what's the saying your you, your vibe is your tribe or like your vibe attracts your tribe or whatever it is and so the the people who like what you do and like who you are and your personality will will be drawn to you but they, they won't be able to find you if you're not active on social media, right? And so that's that's really the, the, the key is just, just remaining active, but also being yourself. The way social media has evolved to enable you to do that with things like obviously a lot more video driven now and you know the ability to present live and things like that. Do you feel like it's kind of got easier to communicate with, with a fan base and put across your genuine passion for what you do? Yeah, it's definitely like there are fewer barriers to entry to um, communicate your passion and what you're doing, you know, going behind the scenes, going live and things like that. But I think also if you're new, there's this added pressure of like you have to do it all. You know, you have to go live all the time. You have to be posting on social media constantly. You have to constantly be engaging and reply to every comment and everything like that. And that can be hard as well and can take a toll. I think it should just feel natural, right? For me, I go through phases of like, you know, sometimes I'll take a small break from social media and then I'll be super active and kind of just like a sinusoidal wave of just constantly in and out, in and out, because that's what works best for me. Um, but there's still that element that you have to be engaged. Uh, you have to be engaging for your audience. And um, yeah, I think it is very, very easy nowadays to be able to show people who you are and your personality and things like that. And really it's just doing it. So if you're like a brand new person, you have zero followers on social media, just right. Start, you know, connect with other people, start commenting on their images, you know, join communities. I mean, Twitter is a huge place right now for photographers, great place for, for, for people who want to meet other photographers and get inspired, great community over there. And um, for people who want to do like, I think Instagram reels is like the, the new uh, thing that's being pushed, which, a lot of people might not like, uh, but it's just, look, it's a social media platform. And as the algorithm changes, you got to change too to be able to reach new people. Because honestly, the, the ultimate goal is to to reach new people who you can present what you have to offer to. And, you know, if you, if you got to make a few changes here and there to be able to do that, I say do it because the ultimate goal is to inspire. I think that's really it, right? As a photographer as a creative, whether it's digital art, photography, painting, anything like that, the goal is to reach new people that you've never reached before. Because it's, it's, I mean, it's such a beautiful feeling whenever you get somebody who, who says, like, wow, what you're doing is beautiful, or incredible, or amazing, right? The, the feedback you get, like, every time I get even just one person saying like, oh, this is beautiful, or this is amazing, like, it's such a satisfying feeling. And I think there's too much pressure to get more of that, right? Instead of like, if you posted something and you only got two comments, right? Let's, for example, some people might be disappointed by that. 
But if you think about those two people who said like, wow, this is incredible, or like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Like, that's two people that really love what you're doing. And, and if you engage them, those two people could be the, the person who every time you, you sell prints, every time you have something new, they're a buyer, right? They're the one who wants to buy your work because they become obsessed with you and love what you're doing and, and it resonates with them. And so really just appreciating every single person who is touched by your work, I guess the, 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 the overall idea is just like, it's it's nice to be appreciated and every time it happens like man just just be grateful because you reach somebody new right you you, you might have changed their life with your work and and that's the coolest that that's probably the ultimate compliment right i think we're very lucky to live in an age where as a creative you can you can actually find and connect with your own audience mm -hmm. because if you go back 20 years Pre any social media, uh, the sort of first few years of the of e-commerce, etc., there were still these gatekeepers. Whether they were editors at uh, art magazines, creative magazines, or uh, you know curators at galleries, which is quite a small community actually. And within that community, there's this kind of uh, consensus as to what is you know, this is art, this isn't art, this is something we want to show, this is something we don't want to show. And that, you know, I think, feel like it's democratized it so much just to say, right, I can do what I do. I can put it out there. And, and as you say, if, if you get that appreciation, however small or however big, it's just, you know, you've connected with an audience there somewhere. Yeah, definitely. There's no, uh, <laughs> I guess the only gatekeeper is the algorithm of the, of, of these social media channels that's that's really it but yeah like luckily for me and I, I never came from that art background and i never had experience having to deal with that but i would always you know it's something you hear just like on your peripheral of like that's how it's done and i, I guess not coming from that that world i, I just never <laughs> took it to heart i, I kind of just ignored it and was like look people like what what i'm doing and and they they want to see more of it, so I'm just going to continue to to I I learn from the audience, right? They tell me what they like, they tell me what what they're interested in, um, and actually, it's like social media channels help you with that. They with their like insights and statistics, they they kind of tell you what what people are 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 gravitating towards, and your audience will tell you as well. So it's 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 been super helpful to be able to to utilize social media in this modern day uh, to to your advantage. I was speaking to someone who was saying that they see people in, on social media can have that freedom to like experiment a little, little bit more about what they put out there because they can put out a range of things and see what people are sort of vibing with and seeing what they like and your art in a sense or your creativity becomes like a two-way conversation you kind of you kind of think of it in the same way as well yeah, you, you get instant feedback, right? You, you can get immediate feedback from your followers and, and from your fans. And and that's so powerful because you can just immediately know what, what works, what doesn't work. If you try something new, you can tell if people don't like it. And the beautiful thing is like you, you can just try something else. And mm. again, the instant feedback is so powerful and, and being able to just directly communicate with the, the people that, that like your work. It's 
you don't have to wait right to to throw uh, a launch uh, or I guess like a show or something like that and, and be like, okay, will people like this? Is this something that people want? You don't have to wait for that anymore. Like you know exactly what what people are, are going to like and not like. And almost with that, that's your strategy for determining what is going to be successful and not like, you know, what your audience now enjoys and what they like, what they gravitate towards immediately. Right. Again, that instant feedback, which is super, super powerful. I'm often interested in that moment on social media where someone goes from that's nice. I really love that. That's really brightened up my day seeing that. And and they go past that moment and they say, I want to buy a print of that. Yeah. You know, what 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 actually causes someone to 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 make that step? Because it it feels like I think to certain artists it that feels like a bit of a chasm. Mm-hmm. So I, when I got to the telescope industry, I somehow ended up in marketing, and so <laughs> uh, that really opened my eyes to what people's habits are, and one of the biggest things that I learned is that. Somebody needs to see your work 25 to 30 times before they decide to make a purchase, right? And that's why you see so many companies have like ads in sometimes like the most random places, right? A billboard where you're like, billboard signs don't work, right? Or let's take Red Bull. Like, why are they sponsoring sports? Like, it doesn't make me want to get a Red Bull. Um, or you see the Red Bull car driving around, or you see the commercial, or you see YouTube video. But then all of a sudden, you know, they're hitting you in 25 to 30 different places. And you're like, you see the Red Bull at the gas station, you're like, yeah, I'll grab a Red Bull, right? So just applying that logic, but to social media and to creative work, posting your stuff a lot, when when the time comes to it, let's say you have a, a show you know, where you're going to be, you know, selling your prints at, whether it's a live event, or maybe you have an online store, and you're going to be releasing a, a new set of of prints soon. You got to let people know that it's there. So 25 to 30 times, right, you got to be posting about it constantly, which almost is counterintuitive to what, of lo- what a lot of creatives might want to do. They might think like, oh, people are just going to think all I'm doing is selling my work or whatever. But every time you post, you don't have to tell people like, hey, buy this. Hey, I'm selling a print. Buy this. Hey, hey, buy this. Like you just show people that it's a print, right? Almost like, sure, you can have a couple of of, of posts that say, hey, I'm selling prints. This one's available. Like, let me know what you think. Or, hey, I'd love for you to, to get this one. I'm selling these. But you can have other types of content, too that all it is is just talking about it, right? It could be a picture of you holding the print. And I do this a lot, right? I have a photo of me holding the print. So one, they get to see you, which is very important, right? People want to connect with you. They connect with your art, but really they're they're connecting with what what the art set, what you're saying about the art. So when they see your face and the art, it's like a double whammy. <laughs> but holding it, right? Again, it gives people the idea like this is a print that's going to be available, but you don't even have to say anything like that, right? You can just say, you know, the background, how I acquired this image or what this image means to me or asking the question to your audience, like, what does this image mean to you? Or talk about the colors or even talk about the print quality and the production process, anything like that. Again, it's just trying to find different ways to show people this this print that you have and hitting that like idea of like 25 to 30 different uh, times 
where they see it, whether it's a story or uh, like an Instagram story or a Twitter post or a video, uh, it just constantly showing people. And, and that's what really gets people who, who would have never bought before to become interested in what you're doing. And then again, they see it so many times that, hey, you know what? I do want to grab one of those. That's really, really cool. Especially when you tell the story. It's not because again, the 25 to 30, you don't want to just say, hey, buy this. I'm selling a print 25 to 30 times. People will not like that. I, I wouldn't like that. And I would feel very strange just doing that. It feels so unnatural. But giving people 25 to 30 different opportunities to see your work, right? And maybe in a couple of those, like three or four, you say, hey, these are going to be available next week or whatever, right? You know, that lets people know and 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 really takes those cold uh those uh, cold leads into warm leads and makes them hot leads who are just like, yes, I want this. I want it now, you know? Um, so kind of that strategy, uh, the, the marketing behind it's really, really powerful. You say that kind of strategy, you know, it makes a lot of sense. And often we go to the store and we reach for a brand and we don't even know why we're reaching for that brand. <laughs> like uh, it's just something very deep and very subconscious, you know, recognition, familiarity, but also, you know, a love of it. But similarly, you might have a love of something and not reach for it, you know. So so, so I think it's it, it's turning that love of something into an action. But then again, a lot of artists, it kind of feels like it goes against what they've learned or what they've been told like in terms of you know being actively commercial like that and yet it's the right thing to do so like what would you say to, to artists who feel like kind of a little bit awkward pushing their work forward like that yeah definitely well there's two ways you can approach it the first way is the probably more boring generic answer which is the social media algorithms, and I'm, I'm strictly talking about social media because the majority of my print sales come directly from social media. So that's the approach that I'm taking here when I talk about this stuff. But most of the time, the algorithm that social media platforms have will not show your followers uh, what you're presenting, right? If you make a, a post on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, and let's say you have a thousand people who follow you, the algorithm, you know, not all 1000 of them are going to see that, right? Maybe 50 will see it, maybe 100 will see it, but not all 1000, right? And so you can just think of it as like, if you're continually uh, showing that content, it gives you more opportunities to reach the people who are, are, are already following you but aren't getting reached with your content, right? So that's one way to, to think about it, right? And it's like, right. okay, I'm posting a bunch just so I can reach everybody who, because not everyone's on social media all the time, right? Mm. You know, and so if you only post it once, you only reach those 50 people. If you post it five times, uh, you know, maybe you reach 150 people. If you post it 20 times, maybe that's how you reach all 1,000 of the people who love what you do. And really, we're just doing it to to showcase, you know, how cool this stuff is, how cool what we're doing is because I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's what we like doing is showing people our creative side and we want everyone to see it. And the way to do that is to show it to all of your followers and potentially gain more. And the only way to do that is to be posting a bunch. But then there's the other side of it, which is like, look, 
you can make a living doing this. And the way to do it is to use these kinds of strategies. You have to put yourself out there. If you're creative, it's really people are connecting with you, right? And the, the art is the way that they can connect with you, right? And so if being able to buy a, a print or some kind of something that you're selling helps them connect with you, then let let that happen. L mm -hmm. Let them do that, right? But people are trying to connect with you. And so the more that you can um, show yourself, show people how excited you are and just how much you really, really love your stuff and the, let the passion come out, they'll connect with you, the artist, and they'll, they'll purchase your art because they've made that connection with you. It's the same reason why we love musicians, right? We love actors and actresses and, and, and we love what they do. We love who they are. Like take your favorite band or musician. We love what they do, right? We love the music. We connect with the music. And so what do we do to, to show our appreciation for connecting their music? You know, we buy a piece of merchandise or we buy uh, a, a, you know, limited edition, whatever that they, they offer, you know, a, a vinyl record or something like that because we connect with them as the artist. But you would never know about it, right? If they never told you. So you have to tell people what you're doing. That's that's really it. Even if it's uncomfortable, it's only uncomfortable for, for a little bit, right? Like imagine when you first post started posting on social media, that was probably a bit uncomfortable, but now you've become more accustomed to doing it, right? There's just a small barrier to entry where there's a small uncomfortable phase, but then it becomes natural after a while. And it's the same with anything. In the music industry, sales are celebrated. It feels like in the art industry, the perception that a lot of people have is it's something that shouldn't be uh, celebrated. It has to it has to exist in its own bubble. Like, how do you get the money to make this? Well, you know, you're not allowed to be overtly commercial. You're not allowed to celebrate the fact that, hey, I sold a thousand prints or, or, or whatever it is. We see that a lot when and, and I think that's some of the hesitancy that people have about pushing themselves forward. And you just don't see that same hesitancy with musicians or, mm. or or movies and movie stars or anything like that, they're, they're quite happy to promote their work. Right. Yeah. It's the concept of being a sellout. Um, but I think that that really is it, right? Like fans of musicians will tend to like, let's say hardcore fans that, you know, watched a, a, a band grow uh, into success, they may feel betrayed, right? They're like, oh, you're a sellout now or whatever, right? Like, oh, Metallica was great, but then they got a number one album or something and now they're sellouts, right? And there's this fear of of being that. But you can't, with that mentality, like you're restricting yourself because then you're preventing reaching more people. And again, if your goal is to touch people with your with your art and your creative side and to inspire people or to send a message right you can never do that if you restrict who you're reaching and really who's going to criticize you for having success is it other artists because if that's the case then do you really want that type of mentality in your in your life right do you really want those type of people who are going to say that you're you're not allowed to be successful around you 
you know, that, that that's such a toxic mentality where these successes should be celebrated. Your fans will love that you're being successful because that means that they're, they have this idea in their mind that they've, they've helped you succeed as well. Right. And that's mm -hmm. so satisfying. Like, again, if we use the musician analogy, when you see this small group start to blow up and become, you know, start getting hits on the radio, you feel like you had a piece to play in that. Right. It's almost that same thing of like rooting for the underdog in sports. You know, your team is terrible for a long time. And then all of a sudden they're doing really well and they're getting a lot of notoriety. You have this like sense of like, yeah, this is my team, right? We did it. You know, we, we were there the whole time. And it's the same thing. Your followers from the very beginning want to see you succeed. And so who cares what, you know, other artists are saying if they don't like what you're doing and you're not doing it the traditional way because the people who want you to succeed are the ones that are supporting you anyway. Right. And so that, you know, just ignore what everyone else is saying and, and, and let the people who want to see you succeed into your life, accept them into, into your life and into your circles and the ones that are very negative, you don't need to pay attention to them. Yeah, absolutely. Just by showing the scale of the universe, it can really change someone's perception of themselves and the place we live in and all the things that we have to do to take care of the world and put our sense of perspective in it so why wouldn't you want that to happen on a bigger scale that's right and you know i i do get people who who look at the work that i do and are have a negative reaction they say it's not a real type of photography or it's not you know there's too much editing so it's not and, you know, just a lot of negativity towards it. And to me, that's fine. If they want to be and have a negative mentality towards this kind of stuff, great. Because my goal is to inspire people with the beauty of the universe. My goal isn't to be the greatest photographer of all time and everything has to be straight out of camera perfect with no editing because I don't care about that stuff, right? And I know some people too do, and that's totally fine. but. At the end of the day, like I'm here to inspire people to look up at the night sky and and these prints are a great way for people to have conversations with others in their homes about the universe, right? If you if they I always imagine like people have this, you know, photo of the Milky Way in their home and then they bring people over and they see the photo and a conversation gets started about the universe, about astronomy, about the stars, about the night sky. To me, that's 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 success right there. And Absolutely. yeah, so why that's why I love it. <laughs> I think there's a romanticizing in the art world about the person discovered after they died. For example, you know, recent story of that was Vivian Meyer, street photographer in, in New York, who was completely unknown. And then her whole work, which uh, body of work, which was amazing was discovered posthumously and you know many years after her death i think that whilst people love stories like that that's not i mean that's not the reality for for most people you've got to be able to fund making your work and why shouldn't you be recognized for doing that so it's really interesting and i think to hear hear you saying what you're saying so i'm interested going back to something you said about this kind of notion of the limited availability print sale timed sale where maybe it's uh you know over a set period of time 
I think you're quite a big advocate of, of, of doing that. Could you talk to me a, a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a, a marketing strategy, first and foremost. And essentially, it's it's making your work only available for a limited period of time, right? If I have six to eight different designs that I want to make available to people that I've been working on over the past couple months, I sell them for a one to two week period time. Because one, it gives me, well, it gives people that sense of urgency of like, this is the time to get it, right? Who knows when these will be available again? And so that sense of urgency is is a great way to get people interested, get people talking about it, uh, build up hype, right? So if you only have things available for one to two weeks, you can spend a whole month hyping it up, right? And that's so important. Again, like I said earlier, 25 to 30 times people need to see it. If you have four weeks to showcase what is coming to people with your, your work, it's a great way to do it is, is having that time period. And as you get closer and closer to, but you know, you can have a store launch, right. And a celebration, you have a, a moment of like, uh, you have a peak moment, right. Where it's like, yes, it's here, you know, let everybody in. And the, the beauty behind these limited time stores too, is you could even take it a step further and only have a limited number of items available. Right. So that takes it a whole step further where it's not only the stuff is only available for a week, but there's a limited number of them. Right. And so again, increasing that sense of urgency for the people who have been following you along your journey, whether it was the past month of learning about what you have to offer or, you know, following what you've been doing for years. And it gives them another time, another chance to be like, yes, I can get something, but they have to hurry. Right. And so developing that sense of urgency is huge. So that's one aspect of it. But then the other aspect is when, when you do these, I guess, pop-up stores is the best way to, to describe it, where you make your work only available for a limited amount of time. It gives you the ability to focus on your work, you know, the, the months after, right? You have this spike of, of, of income from uh, people purchasing your work. And so now you can go back to just focusing on doing your very best at your craft, whether it's photography or digital art or painting or something like that. Right. Uh, so you don't have to continually think about like, Oh, I got to sell a couple this month. Right. You, you, you give yourself wiggle room when you do these pop-up stores. And so, I think that's really helpful because if you're continually stressing about like, oh, money, 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 uh, it, it's going to affect your work, I'm sure, right? And then you're going to have to split time between doing work and then, okay, I have to sell more stuff or I have to, you know, think about generating income in other ways where this way you can have these nice spikes that give you the buffer room. So, you know, if you have a two-week store and then you take the following month to just focus on your next work or following three months to focus on your next set of work. And then you have another spike and you continually grow each time and you build an email list. So you have people you can contact directly. So you no longer have to work the social media algorithm. And each time you do these launches, you're just growing bigger and bigger. And I, I, for me and for, for a lot of the, the people that I work with, uh, who, who I've helped model this, this, <laughs> this model after it's, it's worked tremendously for them. I think that ability to be able to 
sort of focus okay this month's about my print sale and then this next month or six weeks or whatever it is it's about making work i often think if you can follow something through and just think about one thing for a period of time then you just do it so much better because otherwise if you're doing every single day you're doing like two hours of marketing and two hours of customer service or whatever it is you know and then four six hours of of researching your work or your next it's kind of hard to get into something to the depth that you would do if you were just doing it constantly for like a exactly. month or something. Yeah, exactly. I'm interested with these sales when you do them periodically. How do you kind of keep them differentiated and fresh? I mean, do you always have a, like a new theme around it? Yeah. So, I mean, so it's all space work. So it, it could seem like every time you're selling, uh, it's it's samey, but you also improve as as an artist, right? As a creative, every time you're doing these these new stores, you gave yourself those one, three, five, however many in between your your store launches, and so you've improved as a, a creative, and so that even just that right there is a huge difference, right? You have a new way of thinking about things. You have a new approach. You've you, you've giving yourself this time to maybe try a brand new process. Um, and so that in of itself gives you a differentiator between your last launch and your upcoming launch. Right. Mm. Um, and that that's super powerful, right? Again, you're giving yourself time to try new things to, to maybe experiment more because you don't have to, um, as you said, think about, Okay, marketing for a little bit. Okay, I gotta post on social media. Okay, I gotta I gotta start promoting a sale. Okay, wait, I, okay, now back to actually working on my stuff. You can solely focus on or spend the majority of your time focusing on, you know, building your craft, perfecting your 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 craft. And that um will be the biggest difference between your first and like say your your previous launch and your upcoming launch. Um and yeah. There, there's there's a lot of ways you could think about it, but that probably is the, the biggest and most powerful one. And I think a lot of questions that people would ask is like, well, why would somebody who bought last time want to buy again? Right. That's a that's a, a question that, that comes up a lot. But you'd be surprised how many repeat customers you'll have. It's very, very surprising. And also word of mouth, those people who bought from you they want their friends to also buy from you. Again, they're your supporters. They want to see you succeed. And you mm -hmm. can even ask them, hey, again, you have that direct connection now. You know, they, they're buying from you. You have a connection with your audience. You could say, if you have friends or family who would be interested in my work, please let them know. It would make me so happy, you know, and, and actually communicate with them too, right? They're people, right? Like I love when I send a direct message to an, a, a musician that I like. Um, I like small artists, so obviously they don't have millions of followers yet. But I love when I reach out to a, a smaller, like a creative with a smaller following and they reply, right? What an amazing feeling that is. And so making sure that you're doing that, again, gives you that connection with people. And so when you ask for something, right, you ask, hey, do you have any friends or family who would be interested in this? Like, please show them they would love to.
right? They would be so happy to show it off. They probably already told people about it. They probably shared your work once it came in, right? If they got a print and it's framed, they probably showed it off to all of their friends because they love it so much, right? And so it that in it of itself will drive new people to you. And they, again, could be repeat customers. You'll be very, very surprised how many repeat customers you'll have. It's incredible. That was actually um, something I wanted to ask because you mentioned earlier about building the email list, which emails are a fantastic thing for e-commerce. So the question really was, as you build that list, what kind of percentage do you see actually buying something for the second, the third, the fourth time? Mm -hmm. Oh, a lot. More than 50%, which is staggering, right? It's, It's staggering when you see those kinds of of numbers because you would never expect it. I never expected it. I just knew that email lists were very powerful and it it's a way to get around a social media algorithm. So anything I wanted to communicate, I could just send an email to my email list, right? But seeing that more than 50% of the people that that purchased from me before or signed up for my email list purchased again, it blew my mind. And then, you know, let's say between your very first store launch that you do and your second one, you know, 50% of your email list purchase, that other 50%, they'll, maybe they just, it, the timing wasn't right. Maybe they were going through some financial difficulty or, you know, they didn't like some of the work that was available, but they still like you again, as a person They're they're connected with you. So between your first and second store, maybe that other 50% aren't purchasing, but between the second and third store, that 50% that didn't purchase now all become purchasers, right? And so by the time you have, let's say, four or five, six store launches, everybody has become a repeat purchaser, which is incredible. Obviously not, you know, it's never going to be 100%, but you will be blown away at how many people buy from you again. And I always, I'm a big advocate of making something available on a store that you're launching that isn't always a physical product, right? Maybe some kind of digital product wallpapers is a huge one because at the end of the day, people want to support you. Not everybody wants a print, but they want to support you in some way. And a digital product is a great way to do that. Whether it's an ebook, uh, digital wallpapers, presets, you know, whatever you, you, you want to, to sell. And so all of these stores that I launch are print focused and that's the majority of what I focus on. That's what I communicate and tell people this is a print store, but I also have something available for those who might not want to purchase a print. Uh, at this time, or uh, just want to support and maybe don't want to spend that, you know, they don't have that kind of disposable income. And I want to be able to support everybody who wants to support what I do. And it, it, and again, you will be incredibly surprised at how many people want to see you succeed. That's a really, really interesting point, actually, because, you know, we're, we're living in the attention economy, aren't we? I don't think we've ever had as much opportunity for to 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 consume different bits of content and so many channels on so many different streaming services and so much music and live music thankfully again and loads of distractions and just occurring to me when you said that like for example a screensaver well guess what every time someone switches on their computer you're there what a fantastic way to get somebody to remember you and engage with you again. And, you know, maybe then in the future when they do have the funds for a print, 
that's the first thing you're going to think of is i suppose it's back to that kind of how many times do they see you exactly it's a huge one right someone turns their phone on and they see your work that's one piece of content that they're seeing you right and just give them 24 more chances to open their phone and right there that they're like yep this is all like check out this guy or you know they, they just look at him this is so cool and and again that's a great way to to bring people in um and you know one of the strategies that i love doing for these store launches is uh, announcing it via uh an, an email list because again not everybody on social media is going to see you say hey the store is live right if you're doing a store launch and you say the store is now live again you are at the mercy of the social media algorithm. And so maybe your store is live announcement only reaches 15% of your followers. But if you built up an email list prior to the store launch, you can directly, you go directly to people's inboxes telling them that the store is, is, is live uh, and, you know, limited number of, of prints available, right? And so it makes them want to get in there. And so building up your email list before your store launch is so powerful because you circumnavigate the, the, the social media algorithm and you go directly into people's inboxes. And a good way to, to, to get people to sign up, one is just say, hey, be honest, right? Social media won't tell you this is launching. So join my email list so I can make sure you are notified when the store goes live. But also, you know, if you want to incentivize people, right, give people uh, uh, some something uh, in exchange, right, in exchange of value for your email, I will give you something, right? And that's a great way to give somebody a free wallpaper for their phone or something. Everyone's got a phone nowadays. And like you said, every time they open up their phone and they see your image, they'll be reminded that, hey, this person's store is coming up. Or, you know, I want to buy a print from them on their next store. Or they just start telling other people about you. And then those people see this guy's wallpaper and be like, whoa, that's cool. Who is that? And then they learn about you and they start following us. Right. It just, you know, it's a butterfly. It just, it just, oh man, it just, it, it spreads so, <laughs> so quickly. So, so many great strategies. We're sort of getting towards the end of the time. So I just wanted to, to ask you, you know, you started your journey in photography quite a few years ago and you know, you've naturally evolved as the technology has been evolving as a means of communication and, and connection with your audience has been evolving as well. And you've clearly understood that you've thought about it. You, you've kind of done all of that because you just want to be able to have that amazing privilege of being able to make your work whenever you, whenever you want to make it and, and to fund your career. So it's an incredibly inspiring story, but what would you say to someone starting out now what kind of advice would you give to them to to sort of be able to put themselves in a similar position mm -hmm. yeah great question great question so first and foremost i would say build a community that's the most powerful thing connect with other artists right connect with people that you follow connect with your followers building a social media presence is probably the most powerful thing you can do as a creative because again, it allows you access to the entire world. You are no longer limited in this modern day and age by your location, right? With internet access and a phone, you have the ability to reach the entire world. So use that to your advantage because that's your path to becoming successful as an artist, whether it's financially, 
whether it's creatively, whether it's exposure, anything like that. You never know what can happen when you show people who you are and your work. And I always use this example. Uh, it's this it's this guy from TikTok. His name's, I think it's, I, I, forgive me if I'm wrong, but um, I think his name was like Doggo Face or Dog Face or something like that, right? And it was this guy who just, you know, he's working in a factory. I think he was like a potato plant or something like that. And, uh, you know, lives in a trailer with his daughter. And he posted 700 pieces of content on TikTok. Didn't reach anybody. You know, nobody saw it, but he just kept doing it. And then I think one day, like his car broke down or something like that. So he had to get to work. So he just took a skateboard and started skateboarding to work. Decided to post himself riding his skateboard, drinking his favorite drink, which was like cranberry juice. And he started singing along the Fleetwood Mac. Uh, I think it was Dream, uh, that yeah. song. Yeah. And he exploded from that. And now, you know, he got like his own... He, millions and millions of views you know and he's he just blew up from that and now you know he's got like sponsorship deals and he's got like people you know he's like a celebrity now an online celebrity and this and that but the the, the point of the story really is that you shouldn't look at view counts and followers as a demotivator for success right like, don't look at it and be like, oh, I only have 200 followers. I only have, you know, 50 likes on a post or whatever. Or, you know, I only have 10 people on an email list. Put yourself in a room and imagine those 10 people on your email list are standing with you in the room. 10 people in a room is, is quite a bit of people, right? And now imagine you can communicate directly with every single one of them and be... You know, you could be yourself and be honest. Imagine that connection and imagine the next time you get this gathering, all of a sudden now you have 20 people on your email list. Imagine 20 people in that room and just keep doing what you're doing. Grow your email list or your following, right? Keep posting. Then you get to 100. Imagine 100 people in a room with you. Most people are scared of talking in front of five people, mm -hmm. right? Now imagine talking in front of a hundred people. And so the power of having a social media presence, even if you only have a hundred people, that is so powerful to have. Because again, if you're imagining a hundred of the, all a hundred of those people in a room with you and they're waiting for you to say something or post something, right? How cool is that? They want to see what you're doing. And so it's not, it's not how many people follow you and, and things like that. It's like, what are you doing with your audience? What are you showing them, right? If you're being you, if you're being the best version of you, you can be that that's what that's how you're going to be successful. And so being active on social media, really, really engaging with people building a community. And you know what, we all started from zero. Thanks, Ian. Amazing advice there. And it's really inspiring to hear your story and and the way you view the world. And uh, we wish you all the success in the future. Thank you. I appreciate it, Stuart.